Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to follow the link in the description after today's episode for more information about today's article and to claim CME credit. This podcast is brought to you by PrimeMed. Joshua is a 40-year-old male, and he comes to the clinic to speak to his provider. He's relatively healthy, has no known medical issues, besides having some obesity with a BMI of 35. He's been traveling recently and had a conference and started getting a headache and a sore throat. He noted that some of his peers in the group had colds. He reports that he took a home COVID test and it turned positive. He wants to know, since generally feeling well, if there's anything he should do. He's asked if he should get a prescription for prednisone, as he was given that in the past, and it's helped him recover quickly. Hi, this is Frank Domino. Joining me today is Dr. Marion Montague, visiting professor at the Fitchburg State University. Good morning, Marion. Good morning, Frank. COVID, it's come back. Um, Has it really ever gone away? No, it's never gone away. But boy, the last couple of weeks have been out of control. So um, what can we do to help patients feel better sooner if they're COVID positive? So I think as clinicians, when we look at it, there's no quick fix. But our goal, we have to figure out what our goal is. And that's looking at how can we treat the symptoms and also reduce disease progression. I agree. You know, I think patients, um, especially relatively low-risk patients, are always looking for, um, you know, they, they've heard enough on the news, and if they're of the sort that believe in COVID, they, 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 want, they want to know if they're a candidate for treatment. Um, should we be giving Joshua a prescription for prednisone? So Joshua did have a great question, because how many times do we have a rash? Do we have a URI? Do we have a COPD exacerbation? Do we have some condition that we say, hey, let's try some pregnizone? But initially, there was a lot of discussion about the use of systemic steroids, such as dextromethasone or other steroids. In the absence of other comorbidities, it's been found to not be the most effective management for COVID. So I would say in Joshua's case, he doesn't have a significant history. He doesn't have a significant amount of comorbidities. I wouldn't recommend any prednisone for him. Another thing is we have seen so many medications since 2020 that have been found to be ineffective or have been found to be not the best guideline-directed medical care. That includes colchizine. That includes um, ivermectin metformin. There's been so many studies that have come up, and we found that these are not the most up-to-date guidelines for the management of COVID. I, I agree. Um, uh, Cultrazine, um, great anti-inflammatory, great for gout, but not, not, not for COVID. Fluvoxamine, I actually use this on a few patients, and nope, no, now the data is pretty conclusive. Ivermectin, there's never been any data it was all sort of hearsay, and, and it got a lot of, a lot of publicity. IV immunoglobulins, no. Um, alone or in combination with glucocorticoids, no benefit. Metformin was an interesting one. Wouldn't that have been great if that worked? But unfortunately, 
No. So, all right. None of these things seem to be effective. COVID management has changed. Can you bring us uh, the most current, up-to-date CDC recommendations on managing acute COVID infection? Yes, I can. And as a clinician, I always bring us back to like some of our tried and true resources that we can use. You know, you mentioned the CDC. There's also UpToDate that has a great algorithm in there. And then I found a very comprehensive guideline from NIH. And to summarize outpatient management for somebody who has mild to moderate symptoms, we want to think about antipyretics, analgesics, um, antitussives, really looking at symptom management. And then patients with increased risk to progression to severe, we look at antivirals, IV remdesivir, Paxlovid. Um, One thing that I really want to highlight is I personally thought if I was to contract COVID, I wouldn't want to take Paxlovid unless I was getting really sick or I thought I was going to be hospitalized. But in reading, I've found that Paxlovid, if you take it within those five days, it can significantly reduce not only mortality, but also long COVID. And it's interesting, what is long COVID? That's still to be defined, but it's found that there's so many implications, cardiac-wise, there's so many implications in so many different systems, respiratory. Um, It's not only just the fatigue. So those are some things that are important to look at in treatment. And the goal of treatment is the progression to severe and hospitalization and, of course, death. Yeah. I mean, I think of the the, the patient who I might be recommending to get an antiviral is someone with who's respiratory compromised, people with asthma, COPD, heart failure, and people with significant cardiac disease, people who are immunosuppressed. Um, those are all high-risk populations. I'd, 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 I'd recommend them. And then probably people over 65. Those are the folks that I'm worried about. I, I, I don't know about you, but whether they're immunized or not, I, I try to make the decision based upon their comorbidities, not based upon uh, immunization status. But I guess if I have someone who has milder comorbidities, but they're unvaccinated, I might, might be a little bit more progressive. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do, do you have any special guidelines that you use that are uh, about when to initiate the antivirals? So I also look at patients who have had disease before, but I really look at how is the patient presenting, okay? And when I see their symptoms, they might have no symptoms and they happen to test. Those patients I often have kind of reserved and with shared decision-making have a conversation, hey, should we start antiviral treatment? Or, you know, some people are still asking for, you know, to go to the COVID clinics and, and for treatment. But I have found the best source with talking to patients is really giving them the evidence, talking about what their concerns are, talking about symptom management. You know, sometimes they think if I don't take, if I take Tylenol, my body's not going to work to fight off the bacteria and the virus and educating them that you really want to treat those symptoms. Um, So that's what I found. But overall, you want to make sure you look at the patient's risk, 
How can I reduce their symptoms and how can I keep them out of the hospital and alive? Okay, so what are we going to tell Joshua today? What can we give him? What advice can we give him? So, Joshua, he is a relatively healthy male who doesn't have a lot of significant comorbidities. He does have risk factors, especially being obese. I would tell him, you know, Joshua, there's this medication called Paxlovid. I'm happy to prescribe it for you. It can also reduce your risk long term. There's also the most important basic principles, rest, hydrate, keep active, exercise, and healthy diet. Get that sleep, help your body recharge. While that's the case, some people might ask about vitamins like vitamin C, zinc, vitamin D. There's been found to not be enough evidence that those are beneficial. But we also know that baseline, if you're low in some of those, that you do have long-term benefits in different areas and they can help your overall wellness. And so that's what it comes down to. Another thing is the the guidelines now, I recommend everybody get the 2023-2024 updated vaccine, which is available. And still we have to practice safe stewardship to others. So that's isolation. Um, Testing can also help inform the isolation. So sometimes if people test with a antigen test, they can use that to say, hey, I'm my viral load is not as high, so I'm going to go back to work. I might wear a mask when I go back to work. These are all things that are important to recognize too. I do, I do think we need to be very good about encouraging patients, not just for their own personal health, but their risk of exposing others. So if they get COVID, however they're treated, even if they're just treating symptomatically and they're getting better By day five, they can end their isolation at five days, but they still need to try to distance themselves from others, wear a mask when they're going to be around anyone, and avoid people who are at high risk. If their symptoms are not improving by day five, the CDC recommends total isolation for 10 days. So um, I think we we, we just need to keep people from making other people sick. Marianne, um, thank you for bringing us up to date on the current management of COVID-19. Thank you. Practice pointer. While the COVID-19 public health emergency is over, the virus is still prevalent. Treatment is not only for symptom management, but disease progression. It's important for us to protect ourselves and to protect others. Join us next time when we talk about RSV vaccination of pregnant women to prevent illness in their children. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim CME credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, follow the link in the description. To stay up to date on the most recent clinical research and news, please subscribe to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine and be sure to check out PrimeMed.com for additional CME content.